0: Hello, bonsoir, and welcome to the Get French Football okay. News Show. I'm Nathan Staples, and joining me this evening are Eric De Fin and Jeremy Smith. The transfer window has slammed shut. Uh, the European group stages have all been drawn, and the league is in full swing. So it's perfect timing for an international break that's on the horizon. But before that, there's plenty to take a look into But before we talk about everything on the plate. This evening, here's your latest headlines. Lyon faced their third Friday night game but came unstuck again as Patrick Vieira picked up his first win as Nice boss. Alan saint Maximan's goal sealed the three points that leaves Legon with two wins and two defeats so far this season. On Saturday, Paris Saint-Germain came through a tempestuous affair away to Nîmes with a 4-2 win. The hosts came back from two goals town to be drawing only for Kylian Mbappe and Eden Gavani to seal the win with two red cards for their aforementioned teenager and Teji Savanier in added time. In the multiplex, not earned their first win under the new regime in an entertaining 3 2 win against Strasbourg. The Alsace side took the lead, but Le Canary bounced back to give new boss Bigo Cardozo a much needed boost. Elsewhere, Gangomp remain pointless as 10 man to lose. despite Jean-Claire Todibo seeing red after 25 minutes while Dijon lost their unbeaten start as they were handed a 2-0 defeat by Caen. Montpellier continued their steady start with a 1-0 win at Reims while Angers clipped high-flying Lille in a 1-0 victory of their own. On Sunday, Amiens turned a hard fought point at St. etienne while Rennes boosted their, well, well boosted by their signing of Hatem Ben Arfa, saw off a luckless Bordeaux 2-0 at Roseanne Park. In the evening match, our first quote-unquote top four fight, saw Marseille exercise some demons from last season. They went ahead through Kostas Mitroglu's header, um, only for Adil uh, Rami's mistakes, leading to two goals for someone Grand and Radamal Fokal for Monaco to give the home side the lead. Sub Florian Tovan pulled Loem back level and former Monaco Man, man headed home for the winner as Rudy's Garcia's men ran out with a three-two win. And that's all for now. But for all your latest in the world of French football, head on over to our website at www.getfootballnewsfrance.com and follow us on Twitter at GFFN. We start this week. With the end of the transfer window, which may seem a little bit strange to any Premier League fans listening, but we have had it seen it close on Friday night and some interesting transfers that went out and went in. And one man I want to speak to first about this is Rich Allen. Welcome to the show because it's great to have you on again. But the big signing sort of has gone through. Today, really, and that's the announcement that Hatem Ben Arfa will be joining your club, Ren. There was also an offer on the table from Nice, but he said um, it's difficult to get back with ex-girlfriend. So he's picked a new one. What do you think of the signing? It's been a year or so without first team football for the Frenchman, but we saw what he did at Nice when he had that sort of length of time out previously. Is there a chance for him to to again reignite his career in French football?
1: Um, well, to, to little surprise, he's in no doubt that he can. Um, he has he himself has, has has said today that that he believes he can get back to that form with Nice and maybe even better. Um, that you know, we will 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 reserve judgment on that. There's obviously a lot of um, a lot of training that he needs to do to get back to, to sort of full match fitness. But you know, it's an exciting move. Um, we saw him in. Um, Paraded in front of the Ren fans before kickoff of today's game, and it was clear to see just how excited the Ren fans are. You got a standing ovation, and there's a lot of excitement around this that perhaps hasn't been regarding many many of sign signings over the last few seasons. There's a real feeling that that he could be a differentiator um, in terms of closing that gap from where they finished last season to potentially potentially that top four um so it's 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 a really exciting move i'm really looking forward to seeing what he can do um i will for the time being just hold back and reserve judgment until we get him get him back to full match fitness and he gets a few games under his belt and see exactly sort of where he fits into that ren team um but yeah I, I think it's 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 a great move it's a good move for him i think it's a good move for ren um so we'll we'll see where this this sort of wacky journey with Ben Arthur takes us this time
0: and it's a it's an interesting one to analyze really Eric because we know how good of a footballer he can be on his day I mean everyone really knows that but with such a long period without first team football regardless of the circumstances it it does pose the difficult questions really and the one I'm really interested about is if he can get to any kind of level what sort of leeway are we giving Hatem Ben Arfa to get to the level that Red need him to be at? Is it, say, are we expecting... Well, I don't think anyone's expecting him to hit the ground running, but are we thinking a month, two months, or even into January where we can really suggest that he can sort of pay back the... Uh, obviously, surely on a, a good wage packet there. What sort of time frame are we looking to, to where we can say whether this deal was worth it or not?
2: Yeah, I, I think two months makes sense. Probably the, not the not October international break, but the, um, November one. But I guess my initial reaction to this signing is, is sort of one of why, um, I don't have a problem with Hatsan Ben Arfa as a player. I think that he's great, but I think that what Lamushi and Ren have been building is a team that is exciting in attack and is a younger side. I mean, you look at the signing of Del Castillo who had a decent match, uh, earlier today, uh, Clement Grenier looks to be getting back to close to his best. I mean, he's not exactly young, but he's 27. Uh, he's not certainly not at Ben Arfa's age. I think he's 31 at this point. Um, the signing of M- M- Mba- Young on loan from Torino uh, also speaks to that as well. Jordan Sivachu. C- uh, it seems as if Ren are trying to have a cohesive, exciting team, and I somebody and add in is my Lazar and Benjamin Borgio and someone's not gonna be a regular starter and I think that 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 has the real potential for me to search cause and rest in the dressing room. I know that the Europa League will add more opportunities for matches you know even but assuming run get through I, it's only maybe eight maybe ten matches realistically I that that are gonna be around and I I think that the margins for that third Champions League place in Liga this this year are going to be very thin, and I, I kind of wonder if Ren can afford to wait to see what happens with Ben Arfa, and to see how he could potentially affect the chemistry of this team, who I think set up really very nicely at this point in time. I think that you know whether it's it's you've got SAR, you've got Castillo, you've got a, you know a solid midfield whether it's Andre or uh, Lea Saliki, uh, alongside him. Uh, Boriso played a deeper role today, I saw. I, it seems like a team that makes sense. If, and if you have having Yang as your striker, that seems like a cohesive team. So, uh, you know, now lamushi has got to negotiate how much does Benarfer play? Where does he play? Do, do the tactics become altered? You know, I think we, know, we all know and love Benjamin Andre. He's a fantastic player, but I think that he's someone that probably works best in a two. I don't know if you would disagree with that, Rich. Uh,
1: no, 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 not at all. No, I, I think what we're, what we're looking at with Ben Arthur, I, I think the, the, the key bit and the giveaway bit was the announcement video. They, they announced him as this this artist that was joining. And I think that's perhaps the one thing that's missing from that Ren team. You know, we saw it a little bit last season with with Wabi Kasri. Um Is that player who just has that, that little bit of X factor about them. You know, there's a lot of players here who ha- are no undoubtedly have talent, but there's perhaps no one that can just add that little bit of bit of wh- that wow factor, X factor, whatever you want to call it, that can that can either come on or can start games and can produce that moment of like, wow. You know, we saw it with Nice and just how effective that was. You know, that w- it was sort of an endless stream of highlights of, of of, how well he played for for Nice um, during his season there. So I think that's one of the reasons why he's been signed, is to bring that into the team. I don't necessarily think at the moment Wren have that kind of player that can take the ball on, can produce something fantastic in the blink of an eye. You know, Ismail Assar, we've seen in fits and sparts potentially, has that, but I think still has a lot of learning to do because more often or not he finds himself he's learning but more often or not he finds himself down a you know a dead end and and there's no there's no um end result to 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 his run or his piece of skill so that's that's what i'm envisaging ben Arthur coming into And, and ren themselves from from top to bottom at the club have identified that they need to to make sure that they have a strong um a strong squad because they re- they really do want to give the europa league a go there's a lot of a lot of teams. Uh, a lot of French teams who qualify for the Europa League then just throw it away and concentrate on re-qualifying for the Europa League, which doesn't overly make too much sense. But for for, for Rennes, they really do want to give it a go and they recognise that perhaps they then therefore need to, to strengthen the quad, squad with some senior players as well.
0: Let's bring you into this one, Jez, very quickly at least because we've got a lot of players to go through on deadline day. But Ben Arthur... It, We always talk about how well he did at Nice and he sort of sent. it was a real renaissance. He seemed to really connect with the team and and the youth in that squad as well, which is similar to what maybe he's seeing at least in in parts in Ren. But at the same time, there were plenty of Newcastle United fans saying how Mercurial was and maybe the argument that in a lesser team as a sort of leader of that, he seems to excel. But obviously he's matured since then a little bit there's a lot of cogs to this deal, but do you think that maybe we would see a more of a mentor style Hatem Bonhoeffer or are you a little bit weird that the, the episode that he did have with Paris Saint-Germain that he decided to go for the, the big time one last time may have uh, sort of knocked him a little bit in terms of uh, the maturity he did show at the Allianz Riviera? Uh, you
3: know, it was a long time ago now. It certainly feels like a long time ago, that, that very good season at Nice. And remember it was a season. At Nice, there was lots of uh, not particularly impressive time before that as well. Um, I, I think it's a big risk. And, you know, as a neutral Ren are possibly the team to watch this year? Because with players like Saab, Ben Arthur, Niang, you could have, you know, from one week to the next, it could be absolute car crash. Another week, it could be sort of 10-0 if the three of them are in the mood. Um As if I were a Red fan, I wouldn't be particularly impressed or pleased with this signing whatsoever. Um, It could work out to be a stroke of genius, but if I had to put money on one or the other, I would—I would assume it's going to go very badly. Um, You know, with all his uh, bleeding heart videos and everything, you know, there must be uh, good or several good reasons why he never had any kind of looking looking at PSG. His attitude throughout his career, stretching all the way back to Lyon, um, nothing in that suggests that he's the kind of mature character that you'd want mentoring the younger players in the squad. Um, I see Rich's point about the, the sort of artistry or whatever, but um, again, I'd, I'd rather sort of show more faith in players like Nian and Sa to come up with that kind of um, sort of skill or, or you know match-breaking run than, than a Ben Arthur. And again, yeah, yes, you need a, a sort of deeper squad to, to fight on all fronts. But you, you would think that it's going to take him a while to get back to match fitness. He basically hasn't played for, for two years. Um, it's, I you know, I don't know what kind of salary he's on or anything like that. But it's it's a huge risk. And to me, it feels like you know, even if it doesn't work out on the pitch, that's fine. But Maybe it's unfair, but to me, he sees the kind of character that could cause problems off the pitch as well if things don't go his way. So, it's too, yeah, very, very high risk game.
0: I think the main positive for me in this deal, at least, anyway, is it maybe lifts some of that pressure off Ishmael Assar that he sort of had over the, the last couple of weeks a couple of extra players in there that can maybe grab some goals and grab some headlines. It will hopefully help with his development but there's a lot of players to go through so i'm going to throw them sort of one at a time at you each and i'll start with you um eric because leon had a big marquee signing. They just about got through the door in the end. It was toing and froing all afternoon, really. And I'm sure Celtic fans weren't enjoying it, particularly as much as uh, Leon fans ended up doing. And that's Moussa Dembele heading to Legón to be their sort of main striker with Mariano Diaz having already sort of left for Real Madrid and wearing the number seven shirt, which is very very brave of him, at least anyway. But what do you think to that move? A good young French striker back in French football that, has the potential, at least, to be a, a real star in, in Leon?
2: Lyon? Yeah. I, again, I I've, I've spoken before about how I, I've been really pleased with Lyon. We're relying on their academy, elite, yes, but also bringing in players like a Luca Tustar, like a Furlan Mondi, like a Tanguy Damble, who aren't academy products but are still young, still have the potential to grow, still have the potential to improve. I think that Dembele fits very nicely into this this mold. You could even add Kenny Tete to, to that, and perhaps Jason Denier if, if things work out for him. And I think it's a positive move. I think that Jean-Michel Olas, you know, I know a lot of Lyon fans are very frustrated right now with his parsimony, especially given how the ties to the the cl- ties between the club and, and Ruben Diaz, whose move obviously did not come off. Uh, but at the same time, I, I think that it's frustrating, yes, for Lyon fans to see... Perceived lack of ambition on all of this part, but also, you know, he is being pragmatic about this. I mean, can Leon really afford to sign Diash for 40 million, 45 million euro and have him not be the player that they hope he, he is? Uh, I don't think so. And I think that in concert with that Dembele, you know, yeah, he's a lot of money, but he's not that much more than or he's about equal to what they they recouped from. Ah, uh, the buyback of Mariano, and I, I think it makes a lot of sense. I think that this is a player who has proven himself extensively for for Les Espoirs, for France's various youth teams. Ah, uh, he's got, you know, a high high level of European experience playing by playing with Celtic. Um, I know that, sorry, fans of Fitbar, uh, the Scottish League is not at the same standard as the French League, but uh, it's a decent standard. I think that his goal record there, uh, and his ability to make him to establish himself, pardon me, uh, in a league that's physical, that's 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 tough. It's not easy for a young player, especially a young foreign player, to, in which to establish themselves. I think makes this a really canny signing for Leon. Um, I'm as a Leon fan. I'm frustrated by not getting a another center back or another defensive midfielder. But all in all, I think that I think that with the departure of Mariano. This was a sign Leon really needed. They didn't. They don't necessarily have another out and out striker after the departure of Mateta. Um, so yeah, it's it's frustrating not to, to see a little bit more ambition again from Olas. But if if uh, he's a, if Dembele is a consolation prize, uh, it's one I as a fan, both of Leon and and of Liga, can live with.
0: I think he could be really good signing. to be fair. I think maybe they needed a goal story with, with Diaz going. But on, on to another interesting siding. But there's two two sides to this Paris Saint-Germain coin, and we'll get onto the one in a moment. But I'll, I'll give you the sort of more interesting one, at least, anyway, to start off with, at least, in terms of potential to start games. And that's uh, Juan Bernat heading to Paris Saint-Germain, Rich. um, They've been looking for defenders. He's a, a solid, dependable left back that maybe was sort of overshadowed by someone like David Alaba who's maybe one of the most versatile players in world football never mind um, German football at least but um, could he finally be the answer to that position after the, the Kozawa and uh, obviously Yuri last season is is he the man to take the mantle? Um,
1: he may very well be the man for now um, I don't know if he's necessarily the man for the long term um, but it, it, it seems a you know, a very reasonable signing for PSG to make certainly more reasonable than the other one that we'll come on to. But um no, it, it makes sense. You know, Tucker would have would have seen uh, a decent amount of him from from his time in Germany. Um and yeah as you say he's a solid player. He's 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 got a little bit of versatility uh, down that left hand side, but will be will be used as as either left back or left wing back depending on how Tuchel wants to to line the team up. Um, it seemed throughout the summer that Tuchel was prepared to put a little bit more faith in Kazawa. Start of summer it seemed as though Kazawa was off. Throughout the summer then it seemed that that Tuchel was was getting Kazawa to work on his fitness, on his on his strength and, and physicality. And then that sort of has struggled to really materialise. Then into into appearances, um, Stanley and has come in and has, has for the large part impressed and, and impressed very well. Um, we perhaps saw at the weekend. He's still got a lot of work to do, and, and let's let's not let's not forget just how young and how raw of a player he is. Um, so he very much is a is a is a league um player. But certainly, I think for the Champions League, I think Bernat makes 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 a degree of sense. Um, you know, he's got a he's got a you know good amount of experience and good amount of experience at the top level, uh, and in the Champions League as well. So yeah, I think he's the player for now. I don't necessarily think he's the player for for the for the long term future for PSG in that position.
0: I suppose the hope is that at least he may be able to push Kozawa to another level but there's been another couple of players that we've hoped that would do that but I'll, I'll give you the more um, puzzling one is maybe the best way to putting it. Um, Jess um, I don't really know how to phrase it other than uh, Maxime uh discuss <laughs>
3: um, I, I mean I think that I think there's an argument to say that, that the top four have all had pretty poor transfer windows um, for various different reasons. And it, at least maybe Lyon and, and Monaco could turn around and say, well, we've made a hell of a lot of money out of it. PSG, I think, their transfer window still seems to absolutely be, we're completely well, to be fair, they've made a bit of money out of it as well, but they've not money that they've been able to spend. And they're still, it seems, completely hamstrung by the, the two huge signings that they made last year. And Chubo Notting, I mean, in his defence, he's been, throughout his career, he's consistently scored, he's consistently assisted, but never to any kind of huge amount. Um, he's he's worked under Tuchel for a long time at Mainz, so at least Tuchel knows exactly what he's getting and possibly knows how to get the best out of him, and stats at Mainz don't suggest he was that special, but his you know the, the joint two best scoring seasons that he's had league wise have both been under Tuchel there. So possibly been saying that, yeah, as I said, Tuchel can does know how to how to really eat the best out of him. He's also versatile. He can play anywhere across the front three, so he's cover for everyone. You know, Neymar, Cavani, and Mbappe. If any of them miss out by I don't know suspension, say so, um, he he could step in but're not as well but to a lesser extent but certainly for not seeing. again it's not the kind of signing that any other Champions League candidate is going to look at and, and kind of be trembling in their boots and it's it's a quirky signing it's but it's not a signing a statement signing for a team that is seriously aspiring to, to win the Champions League and again not only that but again, I'm not sure that you know. It's always nice to have a bit more cover up front, but yet again, they still have gone through another transfer window without a, without signing a decent defensive midfielder. I think, and it's still it's still a bit concern there. Um, Bernard is, I think, the kind of more stable left back that in the in the later stages of the knockout rounds of, of Champions League might help them a little, but they still seem very, very short and Chuba isn't the player that's going to kind of push them to, to the final or to the
0: trophy. And I thought it was interesting that Tuchel said that the signing of Chupo Moting would help Timothy Weyer. It seems a bit of an um, anti-productive move to do that at least anyway, but we'll wait and see. Maybe there's some method behind the madness. Uh, on to some other interesting deals really and one I, I really like about uh, uh, and it's been sort of muted that he'd moved for a few years really, But it's, and it seems only like a loan deal at the moment. That's Yannis Salibo he's heading to Saint-Etienne. Erika, I mean, the gang well, former gang now, man, has been sort of attracting Premier League interest in the past. There was a lot of links with Hull when they were there with the Premier League. They were still there sort of last January as well. He's always been muted for a move away. He's finally getting that bit of a step-up, at least anyway, although it's obviously still in French football. What do you think to the move for both sides? He obviously adds a bit of, of pace to to a Santatian side that are trying to be a little bit more expressive going forward. But will he be sort of the answer to to this sort of aging sort of line they have with you know Hamouma's getting there on years and bits like that? Is he maybe going to add some spice to this um, Lever uh, front line?
2: Yeah, I, I like this. Um, I, I think you know we're we're familiar with Salibur's versatility. He could play you know, across a front three or sorry, across the attacking midfield in a front th- in a four two three one. He probably even plays a striker in a pinch. Um, he can so again, if you if you look at their lineup as having had Mone Peke, Amuma, uh Kasri or Cabela, maybe Salibur doesn't start every week, but I, I think he is the caliber of player who can offer both goals and creativity that will give Zaityan a the right balance and attack to be able to push for the Europa League. As I, I think we should We should hope that they ought, uh, given uh, the, the caliber of signings that they brought in. and mean, and Cabela, I think, are a serious statement of intent on the part of Le Verre. I think that the club's management saw that Gassé's potential for organization uh, was really paying dividends on the back end of last season. And to look at that as as being something upon which they can build. Um, Dione looks hungry, but coming back from loan, Barrett has struggled with injury again, yes. He looks to be fit again, and he had a great uh, end to the season, a great 2018 for, for Lever. I think this is a good signing. Uh, I, he's not a player who I expect to be perhaps a regular part of that starting 11. I would expect him to start ahead of him, but again, uh, for a change of pace later on in a match, or uh, for a, a cup or a league, a league cup match, uh, I think Salibur you know, should be hungry enough to want to inject himself into this lineup uh, and be able to make a real difference.
0: Yeah, I think it's a nice, solid move for them. And, and someone else who's making solid moves for hoping towards Europa League, and it's a team that we weren't really going to do anything in the end. But um, Bordeaux have signed some players and, and some interesting loan signings at that, Jess. Um, I mean, we all know a little bit about Jan Caramo. Obviously, his time is conneries and he's done okay into when he's had spells he's maybe a little bit disappointed that he is heading back to liga and Andreas cornelius from uh, Atalanta, he's never really scored a great deal of goals even when he was back in denmark really for copenhagen other than his last season but a big presence and, and bordeaux maybe need that with up front with the with the sort of fast special players like Caramoa and and someone like uh, camano as well who's already off at the club spinning off him is that maybe the right kind of moves for them to be a bit more exciting going forward
3: uh, I, I guess it's nice that they've got the variety, and <laughs> I suppose in in way you could say that Poyet, sort of uh, the the late Poyet, has, has got what he wanted, which was two kinds of striker: one a, a big big kind of Giroud-style number nine, and another speedy one to work off in. It's just Poyet's not there anymore to, to benefit from it. But um, I, I yeah, I'm, I, I'm not sure that Cornelius is a particularly impressive striker as you said his stats aren't great but as mm-hmm. a foil for players like Caramo and, and Kamano to sort of feed off if it if it works in a sort of Giroud-Wiesman kind of way then, then it, it, you know, it could turn out to be a good move but I, I'm not entirely sure it's necessarily the right move but certainly they don't have anyone else particularly that profile so um, it's good to have one of them in the squad. And then Caramo, yeah, he, he did well, very well at, at Um I have to admit, I, I lost track of him a bit at Inter, but I, I don't think he can up any trees there. So, um, you know, it's good to see him back in France and hopefully he can kick on again. And then, yeah, with, with Karamo, Kamano and Kalu, we've got a KKK up front. So it would be easy for headline writers, if nothing else.
2: Mm.
0: Yeah, it's it's going to be interesting to see if those two can really help change Bordeaux's um, poor start to the season, really. Maybe a bit more dynamism, especially from Caramo opposite um, Camano, and that'll be nice and fun for the commentators for the rest of the season, at least trying to um, decide for those two with the names being so close. On to probably the most interesting signing to come into Liga. I'm pretty sure you'd enjoy this one, Rich. I don't think anyone would have written this three, four, five years ago when when Ganso was really um, pulling up trees at Santos and people were a little bit desperate to get him over to Europe. He has had a couple of years at Sevilla and never really quite lived up to expectations. But he's on to Amiens, which seems like, even for Liga standards, the strangest of signings.
1: Yeah, I mean it's 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 a gamble. Um I mean we we know that he's he's got some talent. He's got some serious talent, but has perhaps just just suffered since moving to Europe and has perhaps failed to to reach those heights. But it, yeah, it was one of those moves that he thought, well, you know, he's he's been he's been linked to some big names in the past and and he's ended up at, Am- at Amiens and it's no, no not not to do a disservice to Amiens at, at all but um you know it, it's got the potential to be one of the you know one of the sort of um surprise moves but also one of the most effective moves of the transfer window um i'm going to be really 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 interested to see if if um you know he can he can regain that that level of form um there's a possibility that they can look at molding this team maybe around him um they maybe need a player like him um, that that can that can really um, sort of boss that midfield and take that team forward. Um, we knew that they relied hev- heavily on that defence last season. Um, you know, they obviously got Musa Kanate, who, who who needs that service from midfield because sometimes he he's deployed as a as a lone striker and can look a little a little lost sometimes. So yeah, it's it's one of those that was like. A, a, a double take move really of, of, okay, that's, that, that's happened. That's, that's an interesting move. So, um, you know, we will see. Um I think MEM, you know, if you, if you're going to look at, at, at re you know, re resurrect it seems re-resurrecting, I suppose, your, your career, then, then League earn is often the league that players come to. So we'll see, but it, I think it's got all the hallmarks of a really interesting move.
0: Yeah, I do love these sort of moves that happen out of nowhere. And this seems like the perfect one. Like, it almost seems like a late football manager save or, or one of the ones that fifa throws <laughs> fifa like 18 would throw at you at a random stage of three years down the line it it feels like one of them i'd really hope that he can maybe discover some form and maybe a, a, be a bit of a special player for me and i mean the fans must be really excited to have someone that even though he may not be as talented as as we thought he may be even to get the name and there will be a massive thing for them a, a couple of players going out now and I, i'm going to bundle them together for you Eric really because the two interesting ones to lose really I mean Real Betis have got Giovanni Loselso on loan with uh, with an option to buy there as well and uh, Benzia has left um Lille for pastures new as well after we've mentioned in the last couple of weeks he looked like a, a new player for them it seems strange to have let him go unless it was obviously for financial reasons but what do you think to the two moves are you sad to see both players be leaving Liga
2: I'm, i Benzia yes uh I think that the role he's taken under Gaultier in this new look 4 2 three, one, uh, really looked good. He was miscast as a striker at, at Lyon Le- at, uh, and also during his time, some of his earlier time at Lille. And I think that playing in a slightly deeper role, pulling the strings, uh, being able to play those through balls for the likes of um, Bamba and Pepe really, really suited his, his abilities. And I, I was, you know, really looking forward to a full season of Lille. And, you know, now we see Lille yesterday playing a lot more bluntly with uh, Jonathan Koné taking that role. It's just simply not the same player. Koné is not a creative player in the same way that Benzia can be. So that's disappointing to me. Uh, again, I, I do understand that Lille are under financial pressure. Um, given, uh, you know, given the loan with an option to buy, I believe it is for uh, Anwar al, al- Ghazi to uh, Aston Villa as well. It's, it's disappointing to see. I think that the early signs from this season were very very encouraging as we we mentioned in our column three weeks ago but um, that's frustrating to see. Uh, Los Celso, uh, Los Celso I, I I think this is a it's a loan move 30 million uh, is that going to be within Betis' budget I know that this club has been very very ambitious in the last few years but um, is Los Celso really more of a luxury for them than they can afford I think that uh, Lo Celso was sort of misused by uh by Unai Emery last season and obviously given that uh, Thomas Tuchel seems set on playing his 3-4-2-1 or 3-4-1-2 I should say I it he doesn't seem to make a whole lot of sense uh, playing at central midfield I, you know it looks to be two of the four from DR Rabio Marquinhos and Verratti, uh, once Verratti's fit again um I don't see Lo Celso as being able to play in that role. Uh, we saw that he struggled at times, thinking about the Champions League tie against Real Madrid, that he's not really a defensive midfielder. Uh, and I think that that thread's only going to continue. And given what Tuchel demands from his players, uh, Lo Celso is perhaps more of a luxury than a necessity for PSG at this point. You know, I think best case scenario for PSG is and the players that he has a great season at Betis plays in the Europa League, raises his stock and then he can go on to another European club where he is a very talented player, uh, so he can continue to exhibit that form and uh and take his game elsewhere if if Tuchel deems him surplus to requirements again next summer. Yeah, it just it seems
0: a, a bit of a strange deal when we've mentioned before that Paris Saint Germain are pretty thin in the middle of the park, adding more stress to that by losing Luchel, so it seems a bit strange and a bit of a shame for Benzia to go as well, unless it is sort of financial commitment, so I'm sure he'll uh, and enjoy his time with Fenerbahce. On to things in Europe, because there was draws for a lot of the group stages this week uh, and we'll start with the Europa League, because me myself and Adam sort of had touched briefly, at least anyway, shall we say, on the Champions League draw, and the draws for our Europa League teams are Somewhat mixed, shall we say? Uh, and we'll start with Marseille. It's a pretty interesting group for them. It's—I don't know what you think about this one, Rich. It, I mean, last season they got obviously to the final. It was a great success for them. It's—it's a, it's a group that has a, a number of solid teams. It, It's—you it, know, Lazio aren't the easiest team to play at any time, really. I track Frankfurt, obviously. Had that drubbing in the cup final, which was disappointing, but they they're still a solid team with with Sebastian Alia coming back, obviously a French footballer as well, which is nice to see. And and Apollon Nicosia tend to be sort of stumbling between Europa League and Champions League, and they have caused upsets there before. and honestly, is this maybe the toughest group in the Europa League on paper?
1: Um, it's one off I think when the when the draw was made and 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 Marseille were put into Lazio's group. they sort of maybe feared the worst. Um, I think the teams from pot three and pot four that Marseille have been drawn against have been perhaps a little kinder than they could have been. Um, I mean, it's still a group that I expect Marseille to qualify from. Um, you look at the calibre of opposition that they 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 defeated on their run to the final last season. Um, you know, they, they put away eventually over the two legs, RB Leipzig. I think RB Leipzig are probably a a better Bundesliga team than Eintracht Frankfurt. Um, Apple on Limassol, you know, it's, those games you would say are, are, are very winnable, the home and away games. And then Lazio, okay, away away in Rome is going to be a very tough game. But, you know, bring bringing them back, oh God, I don't know whether they're at home or away first in, in that one. But back at the Velodrome, you know, if they can re, re, get that atmosphere that they they had in those those Europa League games last season. Then it becomes every bit as an intimidating atmosphere, if not more of an intimidating atmosphere than the Stadio Olimpico. Um, yeah, I mean, I, I expect them to progress. It's not an easy group. It's not a walk in the park, and and maybe they'll be looking at a second place finish in the group. But I think it's a it should be a second place finish that they should get relatively comfortably. I think in the end.
0: Mm, man. It's, I think it might be a difficult one for Marseille trying to focus on possibly Champions League qualification to the, the league, at least anyway, it might sort of throw them off. The, the other two teams in these ones, as starting with well, moving this one on for you, Jess, because Bordeaux managed to get through. On Thursday, and they've got a, a, bit, a softer group, you may say. Zenit is always a, a tough trip, but Copenhagen and Slavia Praha aren't the sort of juggernauts they may have been in the past, even though they have qualified for for Champions Leagues in, the, in Copenhagen recently. But um, is that a group that Bordeaux should be looking at to qualify in?
3: Yeah, I think all, all the French teams should should look at the groups they've got and think that you know, none of them are straightforward, but they've all got decent chances, and you know everything you said about Copenhagen, side of rug is true, but you know, those teams will be thinking the same about Bordeaux. They're not the Bordeaux of old, so they are beatable. Um, but certainly on paper, if Bordeaux get their, their ship in order, their house in order, um, sort of in terms of management and all the rest of it, then uh, yeah, I, I, they should They definitely should be looking to, to get through to the next round. Um, I think
0: it would be very disappointing if they didn't. Eric, final group stage on the Europa League at least and it's for Red and I know um, Rich might want to jump in on this one as well because it's an interesting group. It's maybe um, a considerably favourable one from their perspective i mean dinamo kiev a solid side but not necessarily the sort of juggernauts you could have got in that group uh, first group at least anyway looking at the other teams you could have possibly got a chelsea a by leverkusen and arsenal um against Astana as well of kazakhstan a half decent side but nothing that ren can't necessarily handle in there uh, yablonek again of czech republic a relatively new side to many um a couple of long trips, at least, anyway, to, to sort of Eastern Europe. But uh, certainly for Rennes, if they can balance this in the league, a chance for them to get to the knockout stages, which would be terrific, wouldn't it?
2: Yeah. I, the distance actually was the first thing that popped into my mind uh, when the when I saw how the draw had shaken out. I mean, obviously, Czech Republic is, is not too far from from, um, from Western France, but uh, clearly Astana and dinamo Mokiev D- D- are. Um, I think that, you know, again, I, I questioned earlier the wisdom of signing Ben Arfa, but I think that Renner really going to need to rely on their depth to be able to manage these matches. That's, um, you know, among the most difficult and arduous trips that, pardon me, teams can take in Europe. And to do, do so within that short Sunday, Thursday rhythm is going to be a real challenge for Sabo side and his side. Again, I agree with which as said, I think that all these teams should realistically expect uh, to go through. Um, I think that French teams have generally been pretty decent in the groups uh, in In recent years. We saw Nice and Marseille get through in, in recent years. And of course had that big matchup against uh, Manchester United a couple of years ago. So I think that French teams have struggled in the playoff rounds in the recent past. We can think of Lille, we can think of Bordeaux, but in recent seasons, uh, even Leon four seasons ago, but I think in the group stage, teams have been taking this a little bit more seriously, uh, and I expect that both of these sides, given the sort of late flurry of movement on both of them, or sorry, I'll, sorry Bordeaux and Rennes, in addition to Marseille, uh, seem to be taking this competition a little bit more seriously, given that they have qualified, uh, given the late flurry of signings that both have made. Um, so yeah, I, I expect progress, but I, you know, it'd be great for the coefficient fall all three get through, but uh, I wouldn't be holding my breath on that either.
0: Now that's, well, I suppose the hope in a little bit, at least anyway, in, in in such a word, because the Champions League group have been maybe a little bit less kind on our um, French teams. And but we'll start with Paris Saint-Germain, who will be pretty pleased. I would have thought rich with what they ended up with, at least anyway, um, Adam talked about this um, on the Thursday, but they, Two tricky teams, really. Liverpool obviously can be a great sign, especially at Anfield. We know Champions League nights there can be really intimidating. Napoli obviously have a, a great style, although it may be slightly changing slightly under new management but Carlo Ancelotti's a Champions League winner so you can't really rule them out yes Red Star sort of famous name at least anyway in first star Belgrade but maybe not um, the kind of team they used to be at least but Paris Saint Germain should still be confident of them being top of this group and, and heading into the knockout stages or is this maybe a little bit trickier than they were hoping for
1: I think it's very I think it definitely is a little trickier than they were hoping for. I think you know, Liverpool fell into I think Liverpool fell into pot three, didn't they? I think in this. Right.
3: Um
1: you know, they 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 wouldn't have been a team that many would have wanted. You know, last last season's beaten finalists, uh, in runners up, um, being only the, the third third seed in your group is is not a team that you'd particularly want. Um they're gonna be two tough games. Napoli you know, they have shown that, that 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 they are getting increasingly more competitive. Um, you know, they're obviously under the guidance of, of Ancelotti this season, who has been there, done that as far as the Champions League goes. And Red Star Well great, yeah, not that not the not the team that they once were in the early nineties, but again, um a trip out there is is not necessarily the easiest. So I think this is this is a tricky group. It's a group that PSG can't afford um, to, to let any performances drop. Um, you know, they need to be going out, they needing they need to be going out with the attitude of let's win all these games. Um, because this this is a group that, that if you let your performances drop, you will get punished. And ultimately if PSG get punished in this group, um, you know, this this is ultimately their their goal this season. Um and and they've been given a tough I think they've been given a tough old job to, to get this underway.
2: This, I was going to say, Go this ahead. to me reminds me of that group that uh, Marseille were a part of uh, with Dortmund, Napoli, and uh, I believe it was City four or five years ago. Maybe it was six now, but someone was eliminated. City were eliminated, I believe, on 10 points or 12 points, and it was really um, 10 points. But it was it's, it's going to be that kind of group. I, I have that feeling, and I think that PSG has to be mindful of their goal difference and of uh, the results of their the results of their competitors against each other, it's I more than agree with Rich. I, I can see PSG being knocked out. I, I hate to say it, but I just think that the level of experience that Jurgen Klopp and Carlo Ancelotti bring to their sides is going to be far exceeds that of Thomas Tuchel. I think this could be a really really difficult time for for PSG.
0: Mm, it's gonna have to muster all of his qualities really Thomas to into getting these results right, especially right off the bat they have that game against Liverpool. They cannot afford to be behind and chasing things straight away. And another team that's got a tricky group is Monaco. Um, they've got Atletico Madrid who Although they've stumbled to start the season, uh, are an experienced side and finalists in the last couple of years, at least anyway. Uh, same with Dortmund, although they've had struggles in Europe more recently and then weren't great at the weekend either. They're still a strong side with plenty of Champions League experience in them. Club Rouge, maybe a less tricky test, but um, you should never count out a, a Belgian side, as I always think. Um Jess, what do you think to to monaco's chances they they really did struggle in the group stage last season and had a tricky one they've not been given a kind one again with some strong sides with the youth that they have with the with the sort of lack of depth they maybe have nowadays as well with the signings lost and, and a lot of young players in the mold do they maybe not have enough to compete on two levels especially in this strong of a group i think they're
3: struggling to compete on one level already with the team and the squad they've got, um, it, I'd like to think that they could at least um, get third place and, and you know, you fall into Europa League. But I think it's going to be tough to get out of that group. I think Atletico Madrid are arguably the, the worst kind of team they could face, at least another sort of footballing side they could attempt to kind of go face to face with it, And you never know what will happen, but. Such a young, tender team, you can see at Atletico kind of really setting out to-, to bully them and spook them and-, and possibly really hurt them. Then the other two matches, Dortmund's, as you said, Monaco and Dortmund have both changed so much from-, from the two teams you met a couple of years ago in the quarterfinals, I think. But um, uh, it- you still put Dortmund with that little bit more experience, you still put them ahead of, ahead of Monaco. It, it's really a case of Monaco's experienced players stepping up, and I'm not sure that they've done that enough so far in the league. So it's, it's hard to see them doing it in the Champions League as well. Um, yeah, yeah, I think it's, again, I, I do think it's, it's, it's makeable, but I think the odds are stacked against them getting through.
0: So there's a certain worry for that group. It's going to be a interesting one to keep an eye on, as is Leon's group, Eric. Which again, you could argue, is a tough one. They obviously have the juggernaut that is and the favourite for the competition, really, in Manchester City in there, who were obvious favourites. Um, but two other sides that are going to be not the easiest to take on: Shakhtar Donetsk, famously um, a tough team in Europe, always at uh, a competitive and have players, even though they've lost the likes of Fred and Bernard this summer. Um, Hoffenheim great young coach that's obviously heading to RB Leipzig next season uh, and a st- string of performances recently they were really good against Bayern Munich despite that scoreline in the opening day and they always pose a threat especially in the sort of 3-5-2 formation that they do what what do you think to Leon's chances they've been okay so far in the league but two disappointing results but uh, there's a lot of t- tricky tests in that group isn't there
2: there are but I think honestly I I'm heartened by the fact that they have to go to city first that match. No one's expecting anything from them. It's a chance to have a free hit. It's a chance to, for a lot of these younger players to have that champions league experience. I know the English press, you know, might have something to say about the atmosphere at city, et cetera, et cetera. It's, it's not like going to, you know, the new camp, uh, for example, or the Calderon, well, not the Calderon, the, the Metropolitano now in, in Madrid. But it's, it's going to be a good introduction to the competition. And I think and I think Leon can get down to, to brass tacks and look at uh, dealing with Shakhtar and dealing with Hoffenheim. Um, I, I think that this sort of group, you know, Shakhtar have had a pretty fair amount of turnover. I mean, losing Facundo Ferreira, their, who was our leading scorer last season, Uh, Dario Serna has has left as well. Fred obviously went to Manchester United. Um, Bernard went to Everton. There's a lot of turnover with the squad even though there is still a good amount of continuity uh, both managerial and with the other players but I I think that Shakhtar aren't quite the beast they were of old. A lot of the players they brought in are very very young 19, 20, 21 um, and have little to no European experience. Uh, How are they going to respond? To go into the park well, uh, to a good good atmosphere. I, I would make Leon ah, just favorites to finish second, um, but nor would I be disappointed with the Europa League exit. Um, again, given the quality that that both of those sides do have, um, and and what a strong manager uh, Elian Nagelsmann is. So it's. Definitely could have been a lot worse. I, I but, but I think that Le, that Leon are going to be helped by having uh, that definitive favorite there in place, uh, in the form of Manchester City. Especially given that uh, in that fifth match day, uh, it could very well be possible that City will have won four from four and perhaps not feel the strongest side um, in the return in the return like in the match that the two play at the Park. ol yeah absolutely and
0: it's going to be interesting to see how everyone gets on in Europe and we've not had much time to speak about league de league on weekend at least anyway so we're going to do sort of an extended league snapshots really and we'll start with yourself rich what has caught your eye this weekend that people should know about
1: um it was it was um probably the game of the season I think in 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 PSG. Um it was a game I think that that really, I think, had everything. Um, it, it it had a, yeah, fantastic goals. Um, PSG went 2-0 up. Uh, a really well-worked goal for Neymar, including a, a really nice 1-2 uh, move between um, Thomas Mounier and, and, and Mbappe. Um, we saw Angel Di Maria score direct from a corner. Um, so it was 2-0 at the break. Um, Neem then came out and were a team-possessed. They 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 put PSG under pressure like we've rarely seen um, teams put PSG under pressure throughout the QSI era. Um, they were absolutely fantastic in that second half. Um, they scored a fantastic uh, first goal through Bobichon. Really good first-time finish that left Ariola with no chance. They then had a VAR-awarded penalty after a Thiago Silva foul, which they scored to bring it back to 2-2. And then, even even then, still had chances um, to to put themselves in the lead. Uh, Unfortunately for them, they were then undone by a fantastic goal from Mbappe, long ball from Kimpembe. Mbappe's first touch, if you can get it out, was absolutely fantastic, and then smacked it in on the volley. Really good goal. And then Cavani scored... In injury time, plus we also had in injury time, two red cards. Uh, Savanier, who earlier scored the penalty with a really nasty foul on Mbappe, who, to be fair to Mbappe, was was targeted throughout that game a lot. There was a lot of real physical challenges on Mbappe, and eventually he just lost the plot. He got up from from being fouled by Savanier, pushed him to the floor, um, and he was sent off as well. So it was a, a real roller coaster of a game. It had everything. Um, it had Neymar brilliantly celebrating by mocking a, a banner that effectively said Neymar's a crybaby, and he was there pretending to cry in front of the banner. I'll give Neymar credit for that; that was quite funny. Um, a really, really good game, and it was it was really encouraging to see Neem. Re- I mean, t- to lose four two at home, it, it it's a lot harsher than on on them the, 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 they, than they deserve because they really, especially in that second half, put in. Probably one of the best performances against PSG that we have seen from a team, let's say, outside of the top four, to give it a bit more context, maybe. But it was a really good performance from Nien, Um off the back, obviously, beating Marseille last, last weekend. So really encouraging. And, and you know, let's, let's see more of that and, and more of that from teams when they come up against PSG.
0: Eric, what's your snapshot this week? It, there's a lot of interesting moves. That Leon obviously had their loss. There was the great win for for Nolte in Alsace. What do you think was the your highlight this week?
2: Uh, I mean, you know, I fully agree with Rich. I just nod again to this PSG uh, or Neem PSG match. Incredible. Uh, Sarah Tube is a is a player who I don't think had been on many people's lips, um, especially given how much attention there had been on Bozok and Alioui last season. I think cubebe is an unbelievable player. I think that we shouldn't sell him short. Um, I did want to pay attention to the match that just ended uh, before we recorded uh, that's uh, Marseilles win at Monaco which had had it ended ten seconds later would have been a draw. Camille Glick scored at the at the last but it was too late according to the referee but i I think that match was really interesting to me in and it really laid bare uh, that there's PSG, okay, you know, can be got at maybe a little bit more this season, especially as they try and work things out tactically and, and have some gaps to fill. But there's a lot of problems for those that pack of chasing teams, if you will. I mean, again, we think about that being Leon who lost um, Monaco and Marseille. Now, Marseille were horrific again defensively. Adil Rami was culpable for both goals, uh, horrific back pass, uh, just really looking out of sorts. Uh, and this is with Luis Gustavo playing uh, playing in defence alongside him. Um, it, it's clear to me that the signing of Kozačar, uh, the Croatian international, does not look to be working out given his rather ignominious uh, sole appearance uh, against Nîmes, and I, I think that there's still doubts to be had about their sh- the quality of their strikers. Uh, a nice goal from Metroglu and, and a fairly fortunate one from Valère Germain. You know they both did score, but I still think that they're too reliant on Florian Tovan, who himself scored as well. But again, I I question. You know, once this team's in the throws at the Europa League, uh, the quality of their defense and the lack of depth is going to be a real problem. Monaco, the same thing. It seems like there's some fantastic players. Uh, Benjamin Hendricks made his debut for the club tonight. Uh, looked very looked pretty good, um, but still a lot of questions. There's there's not the level of creativity that that team had relied upon uh, in the form of Tommy Lamar last season. And I, I and even Rashid Ghazal to some extent be a, a player who can carry the ball with, at their feet and really make a difference in terms of being a creative sense. I know Ronnie Lopez had a good season last year, but he's a little bit more of a goal scorer than a creative presence. So I think that there's still some serious issues for both of those teams, especially at the back. And I, I question A, you know, what sort of how their ambitions are going to be modulated uh, this or modified rather this season as a result of a performance like this and b you know it, it looks even more of a foreground conclusion in terms of psg winning the league seeing these teams which i, I think i had tipped to finish second and fifth respectively uh, marseille and monaco um struggling so badly uh, in the season's early going, I know it's early. I know we've got a, there's an international break now for them to just get things back together, but it's it's not looking good early doors for either side.
0: Jez, what's your snapshot?
3: Uh, I'm going to go for the other sort of multiple goals match for the weekend, which is um, Strasbourg against Nantes. I think Strasbourg are kind of carrying off, where, carrying on where they left off last year, which is not necessarily always playing well or, or winning, but um, you know, behind Dijon, possibly the most reliable in terms of, of seeing entertainment and goals, um, and a, a really good win for not. I think the the reports this week that Vieira and Cardozo were under pressure was absolutely ridiculous. And Vieira, in, in his press conference um sort of laughed it off in, in actually a really classy way. The way he dealt with the journalists, but you know, I think it's it's easy for him to do it in French and with the sort of. Um, Credit that he's got in everyone's eyes, but Cardozo, you know, talk of Cardozo really being under pressure and one defeat away from the sack after three matches is ridiculous, and particularly when when it's, you know, you're you're comp- trying to completely change the the way of playing of your club compared to, to recent years. So, um, really pleased that that Norm managed to get their first win and to get it in the way that Cardozo is promoting multiple goals, entertainment, and. Um, Tatrasanu back to, to good form, helping them out as well, but just good to see another five-goal thriller and um, certainly nothing against Strasbourg, who I like a lot, but um, I'm just pleased to see non get on the board so that Cardozo gets more time to, to, to do what he's doing, basically.
0: Mm, yeah, pressure at this point is absolutely nuts, really. But you know what? <sighs> what can be like at any club, really, if one twitchy moment, sometimes uh, they like to pull the trigger. But that's all that we have time for this evening. My thanks to Eric, Rich, Jez and all of you listening at home. Uh, do join us for the preview show on Thursday. And the main show will be at,
3: back at the same time, same place next week. be anto and goodbye.